possession part three. And the topic under it is the power of amen. The power of amen. The power of amen. Some say amen, some say amen. Whichever you say, praise God. Amen. God understands. So we're talking on the power of amen. Amen. Now we understood from our last teaching that um, uh, in this series, the first teaching in this series that um, um, our, our culture and our lifestyle as Christian is faith. Amen to Jesus. Amen. And we know that already. So um, we understand how this life operates. Praise God forevermore. Amen. 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 Um, but today we're we going to understand a little further about how this life operates. Praise God forevermore. Um, because it's one thing to know that this is your life. So that means to know how this life operates. Praise God forevermore. One of the reasons why a lot of people are grounded in life is because they know that life is life, but they don't know how life operates. Praise God. One of the reasons why people fail in business, they fail in career, they fail in academics, they fail in marriage because they don't know how life operates, how business operates, how academics operates, how marriage operates. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. So it's important that you know how something operates before you get into it. Amen. Amen. It's important. Many of us were born into life and we, didn't, we just came into life. Yes, we all came in and we didn't know how life operates. Our first information we received were given to us. Amen. Amen. But as you grow, you have a responsibility to get the information you need to operate your life at the dimension and the frequency you want it to operate. A praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now we've known that faith is the culture of the believer, is the lifestyle of the believer, is the lifestyle of the saint. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. That's the life we live. That's our culture. That's how we talk. That's how we react. That's how we act. That's how we dress. That's how we 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 we, we, we respond. Everything about our life is about faith. And we must understand this. Praise God forevermore. Now, so I understand today we're going to be learning a little more. I'm going to be understanding what faith is. So, what is faith? What is faith? A popular verse of scripture that many of us know, Hebrews 11, verse 1, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, some theologians believe that this verse of scripture is not actually a definition of faith. Amen. Amen. They believe that it is an explanation or rather a description of faith but as to the term definition that this verse of scripture is not actually a definition of faith praise god they believe it is more of a, a an explanation a full description of faith but whatever the side of the coin they take the bottom line remains that when you want to define something in english is must come in praise god <laughs> amen so i'm not against their side neither am i for their side but all i know is that when they taught me english in primary school and uh, when you want to define something you use is what is science science is discovery so here we have now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things nothing so following english rules that means for us this passes as a good definition and it's and the standard definition for faith. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Now, uh, as we go further, one of the things we're taught in school is that for you to be able to get any definition um, done appropriately, you have to take note of the key words. Amen. Most of the times, your, your teacher just looks for the key. That way they look for your definition, the key words. You can change some other words in the definition, but so long as the key words are there, your definition is good and your definition is excellent and you get your complete mark. Amen to Jesus. Amen. So for us to get proper understanding of this definition, we have to understand the key words that make up this definition. Are we together? Praise God. We need to understand these key words. And what are the key words here? We have the word substance. We have the word hope. We have the word evidence. Amen. Amen. And we have the word not seen. Actually, not seen is not a word. It's a phrase. Praise God. For it to become a word, it becomes unseen. Praise God. 
Okay, yeah, so for us to understand this definition very well, we have to take this, these words and understand them individually, and then we can now put them up together and come up with a thorough and let me not know, not know the word thorough, a, a simple and a, let me use what a, a broken down understanding of faith. Because this definition of faith, many people are easier at defining it, but they don't understand the nitty gritties. The little little touches, the little little dots that connect together that form this definition. This definition is just one straight phrase, one straight line, but there are a lot of dots that are connected. Are you getting me? So many dots. And that's why I see people they say faith is one of you. And they finish defining faith for you, but they are living out of it. They're living, they're not living in faith. Sorry. I remember I, I was in a in a bus traveling once and I, and I saw a particular teacher the word sound teacher i respect the teaching grace he carries when this guy taught faith i knew that he must have studied some can i take him through but after teaching faith in the boss he began to beg for money and i was like wow and i pointed out to him man you are good in teaching and i said why all this why you know after teaching you are begging for money he said pastor you don't understand and actually i don't understand so i left the matter like that are we together now the reason for such kind of situations is because they know this definition of now faith is a substance but the to break it down for them to understand the all encompassing nature of faith is they have not been able to take time to do that some of them may say they know it they teach it like that are you getting what i'm saying they might have they teach it and they can teach and teach and teach but far beyond teaching is depth of understanding amen and so that's why I trust in the Holy Spirit to give us depth of understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. Substance is from the Greek word upostatis, upostatis. And it means figuratively a concrete, a concrete essence. A concrete essence or abstract and unseen assurance. Amen. Amen. A concrete essence or in the abstract and unseen assurance. When somebody gives an assurance with his word, it's, it is word of mouth, it's unseen, but it's an assurance. I'll be there, don't worry. I'll be there. I'm coming, don't worry. It's an unseen assurance. It's an assurance, but it's not seen. Amen. Praise God. That, it, it differs from a concrete essence. A concrete essence is something that you can see. Amen. And it also means confidence. It means confidence. It means substance. Amen. So what is a substance then? A substance is a concrete setting under which a structure a concrete setting under which a structure is set upon in order to give the structure support for him to for it to lean on. Amen. Amen. It's a concrete setting under a structure to give the structure a support to lean on. Every building is built on a concrete structure, which is called a foundation. Without a foundation, what happens? The building has nothing to lean on. And any wind that comes takes it off. Praise God. Also, a substance is an unseen assurance on which one can put his confidence on. You get what I'm saying? So, why the first definition talks about something concrete, something seen, the second talks about something unseen that you can put your hope on. Now, a building needs a concrete physical substance to build its hope on. Are you get what I'm saying? It has to be built on a concrete physical substance. Now, on the other part, you, the, um, um, substance is also what an unseen assurance that you can put your confidence on. Amen. Amen. Now, what is the word hope? The word hope is from the is, is from the is from the Greek the, the, the Greek word el peace el peace and el peace means to hope and anticipate with pleasure with pleasure to anticipate with pleasure. 
That's basically what hope means, to anticipate with pleasure. So that means when you're anticipating, but you're not anticipating with pleasure, you're not actually hoping. Are you what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says, hope deferred, make it the heart sick. We understood that in Abraham's story, um, the last teaching. Amen. Because hope, as it were, is not meant to be deferred. When hope keeps getting deferred, pleasure is removed from the hope. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Are you know something? Hope is not meant to be deferred. Hope is meant to be hope. Yes, it will happen. And you anticipate with pleasure. In as much as God does not tell you the exact time when your hope will happen, will become manifestation, he still expects you to anticipate with pleasure because he's not going to defer your hope. I'll, give you, I'll make you understand this. Now, for example, if God says he's going to make you, um, um, uh, you're, you're believing God to be, to, 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 to be um, a, a winner of 50 souls, praise God. And in God's agenda is in the next two months, he wants you to do that. Amen. Amen. Now, in his agenda is the next two months. He's not going to tell you in two months time you'll win 50 souls for me. Are you know what I'm saying? He's only going to tell you you would win 50 souls for me. I assure you that. Now, if his agenda is two months' time for your 50 souls, he will not defer it beyond two months. And you get what I'm saying? God does not defer hope. So that's why he expects us to anticipate with what? Pleasure. You should be excited and anticipating. But we, on our own, can defer our hope like Abraham did. And you get what I'm saying? So hope means to anticipate with pleasure. The next word there is evidence. 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 And evidence is the is the Greek word el enkos, el enkos, and el enkos means proof. It means conviction. Praise God. It means proof. It means conviction. So an evidence is a proof of the existence of a thing, or the occurrence of an event. Is a proof of the existence of a thing, or what the occurrence of an event. And evidence is a conviction concerning an information or a belief. Are you get what I'm saying? Are you get what I'm saying? So it's a proof that something exists or an event occurred. Are you getting me? Now, now we look at um, many of the, you hear, of, you hear of, of, of eschatology, you hear of people going to Israel and they are doing eschatology, trying to trace back the happenings and events that happened in the time of Jesus, even before Jesus. I was watching um, something about uh, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark, 500 feet high in Turkey on the Mount Ararat. Now they went to excavate, they went, they went to check on it. The first time they, first, they, they, they saw it flying, some people were flying over and they saw the shape on the Mount Ararat in Turkey. And they said, this is the Ark. But when they tried to go, they couldn't, they couldn't get it out, so they got discouraged. But after then again, another, another um, scientist, they flew and they saw this and they said, okay, let's go and check. And they went, they began to check, they had to pull down some of it. They saw the shape of the Ark. It's there. They saw the shape there. And he had to go do some measurements according to the Jewish cubit and according to the Egyptian cubit. Then they are, the right measurement to use was the Egyptian cubit. The right measurement to use with the Egyptian cubit it was exactly 500 feet. So they went, they went with um, metal detecting devices, carbon, they, they were ready for it. And they did the measurement of the feet. Looking at it, they had to even use some explosive ability to collapse the earth. And they saw that the exact height was 500 feet. The length was exactly the same thing. So they took their time, they used metal detecting device, and they saw the partitionings in <laughs> the ship. Are you getting what I'm saying? In the ark. 
Those are evidences. Those are what they call what? Evidences. So when they did their thorough job, they finally said, this is the ark. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me ask you an example. For example, if, if I tell you I have a land, and the land is, um, I tell you the land is in um, maybe, let's say, Kumasi, and we are in Accra. How will you believe that I have a land? You definitely may not have the time to go and check, for, check on the land in Kumasi. Amen. All you need is what? The title deed of the land. Is that not so? This is the evidence to show that I have the land. So when you see the title deed, and it's in my name, you don't need to, you don't need to, to, to see the land. The title deed is enough for you to believe. You get what I'm saying? It's enough for you to believe. That's the evidence to show that I have the land. Praise God. All right, now, the next thing we have, the next word here is not seen. Are we together? Not seen. So I've done substance, I've done hope, I've done evidence, and now we're talking about not seen. Not seen actually means it's two words joined together, and it basically means absolute negative of that which is seen. It's two words. O, o and then and then blepo. O and blepo. O is not, which is absolute negative. Blepo is what? It means to see, to behave, to behold, to, to sight, to take in. So not seen means absolute negative of that which is seen. So that means it is totally, totally. That means what? That's why the word absolute negative comes in. It makes you understand the degree to which you will not see it. Mm. <laughs> Uh, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The God, God, see this. That's why this definition you need to go beyond just quoting it. It tells you the extent to which you will not see it. You want to see it? Sorry, you're wasting your time. That's why Jesus told Thomas. He said, "Ah, you have seen and you believe." Say, but blessed are those who have not seen, who have what absolute negative of sin, but believe. This tells you the extent to which you will not see it. So there are things you will believe in God for. It is not seen physically. Absolutely negative of what, what is seen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, making the above definitions of the individual words, we can define faith thus. Faith, therefore, is the concrete setting which gives support and unseen assurance and confidence to us as we anticipate with pleasure concerning the things we pray for. And this gives us a proof and conviction of the existence. Of that which we have prayed for, though we have not yet seen it physically. Hallelujah. It sounds complicated, but if you go by the teaching again, you see how easy the complication is. It's actually easy, but not complicated. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So it's a concrete setting. So that makes us understand that faith is not faith is not um, an illusion, it's not an assumption. It's not a psyche. Faith is a concrete setting. Faith is concrete. It's not an illusion. We don't, we don't, we don't go into illusions when we're acting. But no, 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 no. It's a concrete setting. And this setting gives us what? Support. And as it gives us support, it also gives us what? An unseen assurance. It's a concrete setting that gives us support. That's why I say when we act in faith, we're so solid, we're so sturdy. Sometimes people just wonder, why are you so solid? Why are you so firm on this thing? Because it's a concrete setting. And it gives you us an unseen assurance. Yes, I cannot see it. But what? There's an assurance. And it gives us confidence. As we what? Anticipate with pleasure. 
So though we have not we, we are not seeing what we are looking for yet, we are excited while waiting for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. Hallelujah. And it gives us a proof and conviction that the thing we are praying for is existing. Are you getting me? Yeah. Though we have not seen it physically. So maybe you are praying to God, asking God for his spouse, and faith makes you understand that that spouse you are believing God for, it exists. You have not seen that spouse, but that spouse exists. That kind of spouse exists. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm talking from what I've experienced. Praise God. Uh, yeah. it, it exists. I, 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 I've always said something. When I'm, with, when, I, when I'm trusting God for something, I look like it's not for coming. I say, even if God has to create it because of me, we do it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Why? Because it exists. And it, the fact I'm not seeing it does not mean that it's not existing. Today, there are many things that if they are told our forefathers that they will exist, they will believe it. They will say it's a lie. Is that not so? Yes. <laughs> so what are you not saying? So why should you not believe that that thing you are believing God for does not exist? It exists. But that's like it exists in the realms of the spirit. And when you keep on standing on that concrete assurance you have, in no time, it will manifest physically. Are we together? As discovered in the definition, faith is a concrete setting. This implies that faith is a foundation or a pedestal on which hope is built. And it supports hope. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, give me something now. Our faith is built on God. Our hope now is built on our faith. Get this clearly. You don't build hope on God. No, 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 no. You build hope on faith. You don't hope on God. You hope on faith. And your faith now is built on who? On God. Are <laughs> you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's where it works. But see, where people miss this operation of faith is that they hope on God. Are you getting me? And when you hope on God, you've missed it. There's a middleman between God and your hope. It is called what? Faith. So you keep hoping and hoping and hoping and nothing works. And that's where you defend your hope and it makes your heart sick. I you get what I'm saying? So if hope must produce results, it must be built on faith. Are we together? It must be built on what? Faith. So faith, therefore, is the concrete setting on which the Christian life is built. Are you get what I'm saying? That's why it's called the faith. And the Bible says, and many were obedient to the faith. And the Bible says, and to your faith. Add virtue. I get what I'm saying. So that's why it's called a faith. The Christian life is a faith, and is a faith on God, on Jesus. Are you get what I'm saying? Our faith is on Jesus. Now I don't have a problem with every other person that has faith in any other being. I don't have a problem. You, you you have a choice to choose where you want to put your faith or who you want to put your faith on. Are you getting me? But my faith is built on Jesus, and my hope. Is built on my faith. Are we together? Amen. 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 Praise God. So what then is the concrete setting of the Christian faith? What is this concrete setting of the Christian? So we said the, the faith of the, uh, our faith is built on a concrete setting. What is the concrete setting? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 28. Popular verse of scripture. Many of us have read it. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of my Jesus was speaking and read them, I will like him unto a wise man, which built his house on a rock. And as the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be like unto 
like liking unto a foolish man which built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the, the house, and it fell. And great was his fall, and great was its fall. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people as, were astonished at his doctrine. Now he talks about one building on the rock and one building on the sand. And what does he talk about them who built on the Those who built on the rock, they heard his sayings and did it. That's what built them. That's what built their faith on the rock. So hearing alone is not enough. Hearing and doing is what makes your faith build, get built on the rock. So you see, the Lord says they are good hearers. The Bible says, "Be not hearers alone, but what? But be doers. Be not hearers alone, deceiving yourself." Many Christians are good hearers, but they are bad doers. You, if you are a good hearer and a bad doer, you are likened to the one who built on the sand. You have heard and heard, but you have not done anything. You are likened to the one who built on the sand. You are not different from the one who did not hear. Mm. That, that's a challenge. You hear and hear, but you don't do nothing. That's, you see, that's, that's something you have in the Christian dome today, and you see, but they go to church, but they are listening. What are, are they doing? If you are a hearer that is not a doer, you are not different from the one that did not hear. And great to be your fault. So we must hear and do. The Bible says, and when they came to pass, Jesus ended the saying, the people were astonished at his doctrines. Amen. So what is the concrete setting on which the, our faith is built on? The concrete setting of the Christian faith is seen in verse 28 of this um, um, text we read. And it is what? The doctrine of Jesus. The doctrine of what? Jesus. Now, in, 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 in one of the challenges that the church has had today is that we have taught on many other doctrines, but not the doctrine of Jesus. We are focused on many doctrines, but not the doctrine of Jesus. And uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, he says, and let's leave the principle of the doctrine of Christ and let us go on to perfection. Amen to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But there's one thing we need to know. And he began to talk about the doctrine of laying of hands, of repentance from dead works, and every of that. Now, we are supposed to go on to perfection, leaving those doctrines. But let's ask a question. Have we even, even handled those doctrines? The doctrine of Jesus, have we really, have we really soaked into it? Because if the church of Jesus really soaks into the doctrine of Jesus, you see, perfection is not what you preach. Perfection is what you live. When Paul was speaking to the Hebrews, they said, let us be the principle of the doctrine and let us go into perfection. He didn't tell us he was preaching perfection. Telling us is the word perfection there. He was saying, let us, see, let, see, let, us, let us soak into these doctrines. When we soak into them, we will see ourselves going to maturity. Perfection is not a message. Perfection is a life. You don't preach perfection. You live perfection. You live it. And how do you live perfection? When you have soaked so much and you have lived so much the principles of the doctrine of Christ, perfection becomes your normal day life. Yeah. And you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the principle of the doctrine. So what are the doctrines of Jesus? The doctrines of Jesus, Apostle Paul talked about them in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, repentance of dead work, laying on of hands, and every of that. But now you must understand something that the doctrine of Jesus is all that Jesus taught. And this comprises of every word and teaching in the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. You must understand that. Everything that Jesus taught. It, and it comprises of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is Jesus speaking to man in the shadow of the New Testament. Are we together? And the New Testament is what? Jesus being re Jesus revealing the Old Testament. That's why we say the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Jesus is the revelation of the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Are we together? 
That's why when Jesus came, he, he read from the book of Isaiah. The Bible said it was custom or customary of him. He came again to read. That means they knew him for reading. He was they knew him for reading that Isaiah. But that day, he read that verse that was written concerning him. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Are you getting what I'm saying? And number two, Jesus did not destroy the Old Testament. He didn't destroy it. He didn't destroy it. He actually fulfilled it by obeying all his terms and conditions for us. So Jesus fulfilled every of the terms and conditions of the Old Testament by dying on the cross for us. So that when we accept him, we can live free from the curse that arises from breaking the law. Are you getting me? Matthew 5 verse 17 says, Jesus speaking and says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So when he died on the cross, he fulfilled the law and the word, prophets. By fulfilling it, when we get come into him, we come into the fulfillment of the law. So we are not trying to fulfill the law. He has already fulfilled it. And you get what I'm saying? Galatians 3 verse 7, he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree. So he redeemed us by being made a curse. Or what is that cause? It's called the cause of the Lord, the cause of sin and death. And you get what I'm saying? He, he redeemed us, he fulfilled the law, so that the moment we come into it, we should not try of fulfilling the law, we should not try to fulfill the law any longer. We should not try to think of re redeeming ourselves from the Lord. Jesus has done everything. So when we get into him, everything is already done for us. Are you getting it? It's all done for us. So the talking of Jesus is made of the made up of the words of Jesus, which is the word of God. There is chapter 3, verse. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 to 25, we see God using his word to create there. And God used his word to create the earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 to 25. And then we see John chapter 1, verse 1, 11 and 14. It tells us that the, the word of God was, was God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. And verse 11, and says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among men, and will bear his glory as the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. Praise God forevermore. Amen. So the word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. So this implies that Jesus is, here is very well. Jesus is the word of God. Are you getting me? His doctrines is him. So when Jesus was teaching his doctrines, he was teaching himself. And if we are to build on our faith on the doctrine of Jesus, what does that mean? It means that Jesus is the faith on which our faith and hope is built. Jesus is the faith. He's that concrete setting on which our faith is built and then our hope is built on our faith. What does that mean? It means that faith is all about Jesus. His person, his power, his purpose, his words, his life, his teachings, his doctrine. Faith is all about Jesus. So you want to talk about faith? Talk about Jesus. Now, when you remove Jesus from the, from the message, you have removed faith from the message. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 17, when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of God, the, uh, the, 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 the original translation says the words of Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christos, not the words of Theos. No, it's the words of Christos because it's Christ that is faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when, when Jesus is revealed, faith is revealed. Are you getting me? So Jesus is the source of our faith. Faith comes from him because he's the messing of life. He's the creative power of God. Man can have faith on his own. Man cannot have faith on his own without Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Even the natural faith we possess, that includes unbelievers. Everything we have is from God and for God, including faith. The faith we, the faith we possess is not ours. It belongs to God and it was given to us by God. First Corinthians 4 verse 7 makes us understand this. It says, for who maketh it to differ from another? 
And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Praise God. So this faith is not ours. It belongs to Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is actually the faith we build our faith on. Praise the Lord forevermore. Romans 10 verse 17 says, so their faith comes by hearing and by hearing the words of Christ. I said it's not, in, in the King James says, by hearing the words, of, and by hearing and hearing the words of God. But in the original translation, it's not God that is used there. It's the word Christos, which is Christ. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the words of Christ. So when Jesus is revealed, faith is released. Are we together? Amen. So the above verse makes us understand that faith comes from continuously hearing the words of Christ. This also makes us know that the origin and source of faith is Christ, who is the word of God. Amen. Mark 11 verse 22 says, and Jesus answered unto them. Jesus answered, said unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now the King James Version renders this as have faith in God. Amen. But this is not the way it is rendered in the original Greek. In the original Greek, it is rendered this. King James says, have faith in God. But the original Greek, this is how it is rendered. It says, have the faith of God. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? King James says, have faith in God. But original Greek says, have the faith of God. That is, have God's faith. God, oh my God, have God's faith. And what do you mean by having God's faith? It means having Jesus. Are you getting me? Having Jesus. Praise God. That means faith is God, is of God, and is from God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when the coin Greek is read, one word is used for the word from and God. Are we together? Yes. So when he says, have faith in God, that is King James. Original Greek, um, the original Greek says, have the faith of God. And another, the coin Greek also puts this as this, have faith from God. And when you look at the, the original coin Greek translation, that word from and God is one word, which is what? Theos. So it means have, have what? Have faith. Praise God. That means faith is inseparable from God. God is one with faith. Faith belongs to God and is only from God. Are we together? Praise God. The Easy English Bible puts it like this. It says, have God's faith. Are we together? So now this thing we're talking about faith there is, we're talking about, is, we're talking about God. We're talking about Jesus. So when you're talking about I have faith, you're saying I have Jesus. So most of the time when we preach faith, we preach faith as a subject separate from Jesus. And that is the misconception, the misunderstanding that has plagued the church. And that's why we are not really acting in faith. That's why sometimes it looks like faith is a difficult task for us. But that is not the real understanding of faith. You cannot separate faith from Jesus. You cannot separate faith from God. When you receive Jesus, you receive faith. That's why the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that's why when you're receiving the world, when you're receiving Jesus, faith is, faith is entering into you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. Amen. The understanding that faith is God's and not ours gives us rest. Why? By knowing that we are using God's faith, we rest our faith on his faith. Amen. Amen. I'm not using my faith. I'm not using my faith. In, in, this, in this work with God, in this Christian life, I'm not using my faith. You are, let me tell you also, you are not using your faith. If you try to use your faith, you get frustrated. If I, your faith would have finished before you, before you, 
live one year in Christ. Are you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I see some Christians are frustrated because they are trying to use their faith. Your faith can only work within the limits of your five senses. Are you getting me? This faith you have to use is God's faith. And when you have to understand that the faith you're using is God's faith, it gives you rest in God. Are you getting me? Yes. Amen. Yeah. Why? The reason for this is that God's faith cannot fail. And if his faith cannot fail, it means that our faith cannot fail. Why? Because our faith depends on his faith. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So my faith is on his faith. Since his faith cannot fail, my faith cannot fail. Amen. When we understand that this faith is God's faith, you can never have what is called faith failure. But if you don't understand this, you will have faith failure. In fact, before you even start faith in it, you have already failed. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So this makes us understand that faith is resting on God and resting in God. That's what faith is. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 11 makes us understand that faith is entering into God's rest and resting in and on God. See, that's why this understanding is very important. That's why you have to keep receiving more of Jesus into you. Receiving more of the revelation of Christ into you. The more the revelation of Christ enters into your spirit, the more you rest in Christ. Christians are so troubled. Christians are so perturbed. They are so, oh my God, sometimes even disturbs me. One of the persons I celebrate the faith that the person operates in is my wife, you know, pastor. Sometimes I just see her sleeping in some terrible situation, some situation that I'm like, man, I will not even, sometimes I lose my sleep. And I see as if I say, Lord, who is the man of God here? Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. <laughs> I'm telling you, some little things can just tickle me and I'm like, wow, why does he have sleeping? And the fact is that she will sleep and at the end of the day, the matter will be solved. Faith is rest. Stop stressing. And you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 to 11 says, There remained therefore a rest to the people of God. There remained a rest to who? The people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has seized from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter in 2021. You have to labor in the world. Labor in the world. That is where, what we, that's where we labor. We labor to enter into rest. Because as we labor in the world, Christ is revealed to us. The more Jesus is revealed to us, the more we are at rest. Remember in the boat, while the, the, the storm was tossing the boat left, right, and center, Jesus was sleeping. Why? Because he is rest. Are we together? And when we get, in, when we get into Christ, we enter into our Sabbath. We enter into our rest. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the more of Jesus that comes into you and you go into him, the more you enter into the Sabbath, the more you enter into the rest. See, 2021 can be a, it will be a sweet year for anyone who chooses to labor in entering into rest. Labor in the world. Just be packing the world into your spirit man. Let your, your spirit man be, be loaded in the world. You will, you will enjoy rest like no man before, like no, never before. Abraham understood that faith is resting in God. That was why he didn't stagger at the promises of God. Romans 4 verse 10, he said, he staggered not at the promise of God, being strong in faith, giving glory unto God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the Bible says, and, he, and, and all he did was what? To believe God. Remember, Genesis 15 verse 10, he says, and he believed God, and it was counted unto him for what? For righteousness. Are we together? So he staggered not. Why? Because he knew that it was rest. See, all you have to do in 2021 is labor to get the word of God for every situation. Are you get what I'm saying? For the year, 
for your life. Just labor to get the word. Once you've gotten it, keep soaking it. There's nothing wrong in quoting one scripture every day. Every day. Quote it every day. Every day. So that Christ will be revealed the more to you. So that Christ will take charge of your being. You are resting. See, this is how we this is how we operate in, in this in this in this faith. We operate by rest. <laughs> you know something? We operate by rest. We don't stress, we operate by rest. Are we together? We operate by rest. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. That's why Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. The Hebrew word for believe in Genesis 15, verse 6 is the word aman. Aman. And aman is the root word for the English word amen. Believe in the Hebrew word aman. And that's the root word for the English word amen. So this implies that Abraham kept saying amen to the promises of God. And finally they manifested. See, it's not that it's, it, see, if you if you if you want to rest in God, eh, you must understand the revelation of Amen. Amen is not just a word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen is a revelation. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you say Amen, you say, Lord, I believe. I believe. You don't matter, Amen. Amen. No, no, no. I believe. Amen is releasing your faith to the world. Are you know something? Amen is releasing your faith to God's faith. Your, your, your weak faith, let me use the word, your weak faith, your human faith, your incapable faith. When you say amen, you release that faith to have its foundation on the faith of God. And when that happens, manifestation is sure. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So when we say amen to all the promises of God with all our heart, we are resting in God and acting in great faith. That, that's great faith. Some of you have said, I don't have great faith. I don't, hey, great faith. You know what great faith is? Just say amen without your weak faith. Without your faith that looks like it wants to die. Just say amen to every word of God. Every promise of God. Just say amen to it. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you do that, you release your faith into the faith of God. Are you understand what I'm saying? Now let me give a little analogy. When a, when a child is to, be, is to be conceived, what happens? A small microscopic sperm is released into a big oven. And what happened? A child is what? Conceived. That small sperm is likened to your what? To your small faith. The big oven is likened to what? The faith of God. Release that your small faith into the faith of God. A miracle is better. It's, it's conceived. Amen. Are we together? Amen. So, resting in God is the act of great faith. When we hear great faith, some of the time we think of some big things we have to do, some Giant steps we have to take. No, that's not great faith. Great faith is simply, I'm resting in God. I'm releasing this, my faith, into God's faith. and allowing God to do the remaining. <laughs> Once I've released my faith to God's faith, I leave God to do the remaining. Are you not saying? Yes. And that's the way to act in great faith. Because if you are trying to get it done, you are acting in, you are acting in confusion. You release your faith into God's faith and allow God to do the remaining. When your faith meets with God's faith, conception is God's, is God's business. The man's job is to release his, his, his pen. The woman's um, ovum, the, woman's, the job of the woman's ovum is to release, receive his pen. The conception is God's business. That's the way it operates. So the man just draws his own work, so he has done his great faith. Child of God. 
2021, just release your amen. Amen. Release it with everything you have. Amen. See, don't be stinging with amen 2021. Amen. When you are reading the Bible and you see something that you like that, that hits your spirit, shout amen. amen. Let them tell you no man say you don't understand. Shout it with all you have. Amen. Let your liver, your lungs, your kidney, every part of you join together and shout amen. Yes. Release it and go. Leave the remaining for God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. When you want to, when you are when you are receiving prophetic words from the word of God or from any teaching. Just just shout your amen like crazy. I'll tell you a story. There was a particular man of God who was preaching and he was shout, as he was preaching, he kept on shouting the prophet and said, if everybody died, you wouldn't die. People were saying, amen, amen. But there was a lady who was in the congregation and shouted, amen, amen, amen. She was shouting the amen as if she, I don't know what, what he explained the amen. As if she's only, she was the only one that's that had to receive it, receive that kind of prophecy. But you know what happened? There was a plane crash. And that lady was in that plane crash. Everybody died in that plane crash. But she didn't die. How was she preserved? Eh, uh -huh. eh, 2021, be ready with your amens. Cut that amens. Carry the word of God. Carry Jesus and start shouting amen. Pick up scripture, shout amen. Let the devil know that your amen is ready to deal with him this time around. Mm. Don't be stingy with your amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Great faith is what? Saying amen with all your heart to all the promises of God for you in the Bible. That's what great faith is. Saying amen with all your heart to all the promises of God for you in the Bible. Pick up the word of God. This things. The Bible says, I shall lend to nations and not to borrow. You are looking at yourself and even your salary cannot take away anything. But shout amen. Yes. The Bible says you shall be the head and not the tail. But you see yourself failing in school. Shout amen. You don't buy amen. You don't pay for amen. That's the good thing about it. And, and is anybody that pays Mount Bill here? Yeah? Do you use recharge card to talk? Ah, so since you are not using recharge card to talk, you are not paying Mount Bill. Your amen should come as powerful as you want and as many as well. Everything you locate in scriptures that looks like you, I cannot say, that sounds like what you want, don't be stingy with your amen. That is great faith. I cannot say Lord, I believe that is a man. I, and Abraham, a man, God. So Abraham, when God told him, You shall be the father of many, shall say, A man. He was saying, Amen. 2021. If I before the year comes, start shouting, Amen. Amen. Start shouting, Amen. Yes. It shall be a most glorious year. Amen. It shall be a great year. Amen. The part our past shall shine brighter and brighter. Amen. All we shall, what we shall achieve in the first month of 2021, it shall not be what we have achieved in our life shall not be compared to it in the name of Jesus. Amen. The first part of 2021 shall give us pleasant surprises. Amen. 2021 shall deliver to us miracles that we have long waited for in the name of Jesus. Amen. 2021 shall be a year of glorious manifestations. Amen. It shall be a year of rising when many are falling. Amen. It shall be a year of entering to our inheritance. Right. It shall be a year of breaking forth. Amen. It shall be a year of increase. Amen. Just open your mouth and just begin to say amen now. Amen. Begin to amen. say amen to all the blessings amen. of God. Amen. The Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. Amen. He shall make you above and not beneath. Amen. You shall be first and not last. Amen. You shall lend to nations and not to borrow. Amen. You shall give to the poor and the needy. Amen. You cannot be sick. Amen. You cannot be poor. Amen. You cannot be broke. Amen. You cannot be busted. Amen. You cannot be disgusted. Amen. You cannot be confused. Amen. You cannot be lack of want. Amen. No evil shall come near your dwelling place. 
plague. No plague shall come near you. Only with your eyes shall you see the destruction of the wicked. 2021 shall be a year of rising. It shall be a year of increase. I just gave you a little of the words that you need to say, mental. After this meeting, pack a lot of them. And your job is to keep saying what? Amen, 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 and amen. Just lift up your hands if you have been blessed by this word. And just begin to thank the Lord Jesus. 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 Go ahead and celebrate the Lord Jesus. My faith is built on Jesus. The songwriter says, my faith is built on nothingness than Jesus Christ and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All the ground is sinking sand. My faith is built on Jesus. He is my faith. He is my foundation. He is my solid rock on which my faith stands. I don't have faith in any man. I have faith in Jesus. Come on. Go ahead. Go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Go ahead and bless the name of the Lord. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Glorify him. Magnify him. Exalt this God. Exalt this God of ours. Ring Sonti Galibo in the name of the Lord Jesus, Amen. I hear my spirit ease. Amen. Ease. Amen. That's the word that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is raising my spirit. Ease. Amen. Ease. Amen. I, I just see, I hear it. Ease. Amen. Ease. 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 I hear ease. Ease. That's what the Lord is saying in my spirit. Amen. Everyone who connects to this, let your amen be resounding. I hear amen. the Lord say ease. Amen. In areas where you struggle, ease will come. Amen. In areas where things were easy for you, there will be ease and ease. Amen. The Lord is releasing the grace for ease. Amen. The anointing for ease. Korean Tabada is the anointing for ease. Amen. When you release grease into friction, it prevents friction. Amen. There is anointing. The anointing is a grease that prevents friction. In areas of your life where there was friction, the anointing of God is being released Amen. and is ending friction. Is ending friction. Ease is stepping in. For fear the spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. At this point, I want to pray for everyone who has not received Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior. See, these words I've told you, they, they can apply to you. You have to take this bold step first, and then it can apply to you. So if you want to receive Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, say this prayer after me, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I've gone against you, and I've gone against your will. But today, I come to you. I ask, I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. I choose to serve you. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone who has, who, who has received you as a Lord and personal Savior. Thank you for the grace to follow you on the days of your life. It's released to them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord and King, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Blessed be your name, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone present who was who, who's under the sound of my voice, who has heard this teaching. Lord Jesus, I ask for the grace to labor Amen. in the world. Till you are revealed to them concerning every situation of their life. Yes, I ask that that grace be released in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. 
Let the grace to labor in you until you are released to reveal to them, be released in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice, I ask that they enter into their rest. Amen. No more struggling. Amen. No more hustling. Amen. No more trying to work out their, 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 their life. Amen. But Lord, they will rest in your grace. Amen. They will rest in you and they will get the fulfillment and the manifestation of every of your promises in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. 2021 shall deliver to them what all the years combined in their life has not delivered in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I decree your blessing upon everyone pressing who has been under this ministration. I decree your blessing upon them. Be blessed. Amen. Be blessed. Amen. Be blessed amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. amen and amen and amen and amen. Praise God forevermore. Amen. I believe you were blessed. We thank God for this word. We trust God that this word is going to dwell in your heart richly and you keep going over it again and again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tuesday is another, another day. Wednesday is another day. It's going to be also explosive. Invite your friends. Invite your loved ones. And it's going to be explosive. Tuesday, Wednesday, then Friday. Tuesday, 2 p.m., Ghana time, 3 p.m., Nigeria time, amen. Same thing on Wednesday, and then on Friday and Sunday, 4, 4 p.m., Ghana time, 5 p.m., Nigeria time. I trust God to meet you in a more glorified state in our meeting on Tuesday. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.